Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. Super excited that you're here. Have a very special guest with us today, Kimberly Stewart. How are you? So good to be here. I'm trying not to dance because if I dance, I'll move away from the mic. So that's how I feel about today. That's good. I'm very excited. So um, why don't you give us like your professional background and then I'll give you the, I'll give my personal background. The DL. So in my professional life. I'm a writer, a writer coach. Um, I work with a guy named Bob Goff and we coordinate and lead writing retreats out in Southern California. I do some speaking. I write a bunch of books. I think I'm on, I have my ninth one in the hopper right now. I was going to say, is it nine? Yeah. So it's good. And then really mostly what I do is partner with my husband of 20 three years I had to think about that that's Mark and we have three kids Um, so I do a lot of parenting and a lot of cleaning of toilets yes for sure well on a professional level a lot of fun stuff it's been fun watching you I mean I remember when your first book came out right all of these fun (laughs) things on a personal level like you're super good friends with my wife Mm -hmm. you guys are best of the best yes she's remarkable so that's super fun and it's fun also your son currently frequents our house a lot. That's the most diplomatic way of saying that my son basically lives at your house. Yeah. In any free moment, he'll say, hey, mom, and I know what's happening. Can I go to the Den Hearts? Yeah. <laughs> That's well, awesome. The funny thing is, is that like he doesn't even knock, Yeah, which I love. Home. This is home. <laughs> they, Isn't that great? They actually come in and um, like go directly to our food, That's which amazing. is... which. This is exactly what we had desired and longed for for a lot of years. Well, you just let me know how the longing feels when you get your grocery bill. I've offered to pay rent. I've offered to pay, you know, for sustenance. But you guys are great hosts. Clearly, he loves to be here. Yes, it's super fun. Well, we're going to talk today about serving as families. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about this is the Lead Volunteers podcast. And we ourselves can be volunteers in the community. And it's super, super rewarding. And so kind of give us the history of this, because this was a huge, huge thing for our families and a total of nine families for quite a few years. Right. So the fact that Mitch comes over and crashes on your couch, I think in large part is rooted in our times together with the group that we called Love Corps. So this um, kind of... Just to let you know, (laughs) I just got goosebumps. Literally. Well, we're going to have a hard time getting through this without crying because there are beautiful kind of surface things that come from what we did together. But this triggers every beautiful, deeply rooted um, hope as a parent that you have for your child. For sure. So um, that came out of really lots of conversations with you, Josh and Mm -hmm. Sarah. Um, Even earlier, we went through a course called Red Card, where we were kind of exploding our kids and family idea of what it meant um, to be the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere, not just on a mission trip to Mm -hmm. Columbia. God Mm -hmm. bless it. But we have our own Columbia here. 
And so we were finding, Mark and I were finding that a lot of the things that churches offered for service, for service in particular, were really geared toward teenagers. Mm hmm. If they said, hey, bring your family, 99 out of 100 were, they need to be 16 and older. For sure. And so we are of the mind that we don't ask our church to create things for us because they're busy enough. And so Mark and I really started talking about, well, how do we just, how do we make something that would fit with our family? Um, and we had a few different goals with that. I think we're going to talk about those. But we started to gather, we called on a random Sunday night. Nine, eight other families and said, mm -hmm. we've got a heart for coming alongside folks in our community, serving them and not waiting until our kids are super old. Are you in? 100% of the families said yes, which is hilarious because none of us had any idea what we were doing. But we knew that the the basement idea, the the yeah. the coming together idea was sound and we knew that people were in. For so sure. we started with cluelessness and a really open heart. And a big heart. And a <laughs> yeah. big heart. Now, I have to pause. I'm going to say this at another time as well. But this was the biggest blessing to me at the time I was serving as the children's pastor. And it was so big. I think I probably told you a hundred times, if not more, that I was like, oh, my word, Kim, thank you for organizing something that I don't yeah. have to be in charge of. Yeah, that was news to me. First of all, it made me cry every time you said it. And it made me a little bit, um, it made me want to be more mindful of how our lay family, mm -hmm. you know, our family not in the ministry could come alongside folks who are doing this day in, day out. Because the last thing you needed, Josh, was for me to say, I've got this great idea, go do it. Right. Gross. And not helpful. Like that would just add to your ridiculous list to begin with. And also it would have taken away from the other families and from me and Mark as the coordinators, a really beautiful gift yes. of being the person to do it. Yes. Instead of just, you know, Showing expecting up. you to do it for me. Yes. Yeah. And there, there, there certainly was blessings for you as you integrated with these different wonderful organizations. That's not a blessing that I got. That's yeah. the blessing that you got. Yeah, that so was fantastic. you coordinated every single bit of this. I okay. Did. <laughs> so this was called Love Corps. Go ahead. Well, that, I'm laughing because that's not really what we meant for to happen. I thought what would happen is that we would rotate and oh, that Kim. I would do one, this family would do one. But here's what I have to tell you about that. Apparently, I have a gift for that. Because it was not a struggle for me. It, it was not hard. at a burden. No, Ooh. it was really fun. I could, once you start listening in your community for little tremors wow. of somebody needs this, somebody needs this, you just, all it took was asking questions. And I really love asking questions. So I just started asking questions of the folks around me. Things surfaced. Yes. And so then it really was just, it was easier to have one person be the point person. Yeah, there's no question on that. Yeah. However, I, yes, you're a listener. And yes, yes, things started surfacing. But never forget Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles sixteen nine. The eyes of the Lord are looking mm -hmm. to and fro the earth, searching for someone upon whom He can show Himself faithful. Mm -hmm. So God is like, man, I would love to have some stuff done. Mm -hmm. Who could I, Kim? <laughs> let's 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 empower her to do that. That's one of my favorite verses of all time in the whole Bible. Okay, second goosebump moment. Okay, so. <laughs> So who was it? It was nine families with a whole lot of children. Oh my gosh. We were prolific people. Procreators. <laughs> Procreators. So many. It was like when all of us came together, it was over 40. 
easy. Mm-hmm. It was like 45. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so who was the other? The other was local organizations who were already doing good things. Exactly. But they needed support. That's clutch. Yes. So again, a lot of the times when we think about doing things like this with our family, the knee jerk is to say, oh, I'm got, I have to create something. Right. And that's why it crashes and burns because we're too tired already. So if I had had to create a nonprofit, we would not be having this conversation. Right. The whole aim was to come alongside folks who were already doing good work. And I even use that language in every email. You You're bet. doing such great work. We're grateful for what you're doing and having this posture of humility with them yes. instead of saying, here's how we can fix <laughs> your yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gross. You're already doing good right. things. Right. And say and really being open and saying, We've got a big group. Yes. And this can either now, that be freaked people out though. totally depending on the group, you know, depending on the nonprofit. Some of them were like, that's too many. And I gave them so many outs for that. I didn't want yes. them to feel like, oh, we're oh, being trust offered me. and we yeah. don't want to say no. No, please say no. Please say no. Yeah, if this giving isn't people a good the opportunity fit. to say no graciously. Totally. OK, so it's nine families and we're serving local nonprofit, right. typically faith based organizations. Yep. And. We're doing it as families. We're doing it once a month. Mm -hmm. And the next thing, let's talk about where and like the groups that we were partnering with. Yeah. Because those are like, I think that's what everybody's waiting with bated breath. Like, what did you actually do? Just put flesh and bones on this. So it was a variety of things. And again, there was no plan. I did not have a master plan. It was very much, I've heard good things about these people. I wonder if they need any sort of help. And again, this wasn't. So if you're looking for something that's an ongoing relationship month after month, that wasn't really the model. The model... um, Though we did go back multiple years. A year later. A year later. Yes. Okay. So, you know, there are tugs and pulls there. You won't see the same people every month. But the advantage was for our kids who were real little at the time. They were little. Andrew was Um, not... Preschool? I was going to say four. Yeah. And so... Could have been younger. And so we were... This was... 1.0. 1.0. I, mean, I, I don't even think that any families at this time of all of our crew of nine people, I don't know that anybody had a high schooler at that time. There was one. Oh, was the Paul was, yep. He was a freshman. And so. So um, we went from a freshman all the way down to our youngest and in the Lords. Yeah. Yes. And so that was from like three or four years old up to a, a freshman in high school. Yep. Yep. And everybody in between, good gracious. That's right. And so w- I had to say that to the yeah. to the folks. And so we had a bunch of different options. We, This is just a sampling. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and helped pack lunches for guys in rehab. We went to a camp that is dedicated to serving at-risk kids in our state and would just do massive cleanup and painting and home stuff. And like hardcore yard work. For sure. No, that... For sure. In fact, I think the very first one we did, and we went back year after year. To that camp that served at-risk youth. Yep. And I was even thinking of Ruth Harbor, which is the home for unwed mothers here. And we raked and cleaned and power washed and you guys. Windows. (laughs) I mean, I just giggle thinking about this because you and I have laughed about how if I would say to my children on a Saturday, what we're going to do today is manual labor. At our backyard. For several hours. They would have looked at me with mm, skepticism or daggers, violence. 
I'm telling you, we did the hard, we would work our tails off, but we did it together and they loved it. And with their peers. And their peers. I remember vividly the first time we went to Ruth Harbor, we raked, we did a bunch of yard work. It was in September, October. Again, total experiment. We got back into the car. I would, I would limit it to three at the most, three hours at the most. So nine to 12, Mm -hmm. often it was more nine to 11, 1130. Got back in the car, got into the car, put all of our rakes back into the car, waved to all you guys. We all brought all of our own. We brought our own stuff. We didn't want them to feel like they had to gather anything exactly so we get back into the car and i remember it's just kind of quiet in the minivan and i look into them you're um kind of behind us and i said what do you guys think and all three of my kids faces lit up flushed with the cold weather said can we do it next week yeah when our kids said the same thing can you even believe it yes and they did they really did love it and i think there's there's some secret sauce there of why I think and we can talk yeah about we can that. talk about that okay so we did the homeless shelter making do we make beds or do, did we just make yeah. food um, we made f- I think those were two separate things but yeah yeah both okay um, did a safe house mm-hmm. for girls who were caught in human trafficking yep. and what a blessing that was that's a that was a I mean that's that was eye opening yeah was it okay to tell the backstory of that lady. That's just intriguing to me. Sure, totally. Do you want me to say? Uh, Yeah, I'll throw in my two cents when it's time. But she was she was an interesting gal. Yeah, she left a very high powered corporate position, paying really well out in California, West Coast, a big corporation that every single person would know. know. (laughs) Yep, and she it was she was like a VP of heavy hitter, and she said to me, "Okay, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. Okay, she said to me because I was super intrigued. I was like, "What you did? What? Because now she runs this. She runs this." This yeah. home and so she was our age if not just a touch younger yes. and she said I calculated that I did a full lifetime of work of hours of work in 10 years wow. so she did whatever whatever she started to whenever she quit it was 10 years that she worked at this Silicon Valley big deal she said I did the equivalent of what a human being does for the totality of their work life in 10 years so she was working hard hours And so she said, I think that she wanted something bigger. Hey, hey, podcast listener, I want to take a 60 second break from the podcast today to tell you about something that I that I just didn't see coming. Now, I created the lead volunteers course. It was the first one we created and individual leaders found great success. So much so that other staff members at their churches were were taking notice and they wanted the same results. Long story short, I created the Lead Volunteers Church Installation to help fragmented staff teams build a unified approach to volunteers. Now, I am seeing churches gain health as everyone has access to the most comprehensive method to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. If you want your whole church staff to be on the same page when it comes to volunteer leadership, learn more about this volunteer church installation at leadministry.com forward slash consulting. Again, that's leadministry.com forward slash consulting. And now let's jump back into the podcast. So how, keep so going. Cool. And I can't even remember. I think I called, I was a cold call to her. Most of these people were cold calls. I would find out about them. And yeah. actually the home that she runs is kind of on the under the radar. And especially at that time. It is under the radar mm-hmm. because of the nature of what she was doing. Right. I mean, there are pimps and all kinds of bad people who are 
mad and angry that right. their cash cow, so to speak, or their, their profit no profitability kidding. was being taken away. Yeah, I mean, she had FBI check-ins on the daily that yeah. she needed to do. And so yes. if you're listening to this and thinking you took your children into this environment, we did. Yeah. And we it was outside. They needed massive like HGTV action. And so we, it, we did. Deck. That was true. We did a bunch of yard work. And so there, there was one of those years that we bit off more than we could chew. Remember yes, the fence thing? that one went awry. That ended up be, being three weeks in a row, which is fine. That's I mean, fine. But like, we served these people. Yeah. She was a, she was an interesting character. But yeah. I mean, like she had a big, bold vision. Yeah. And we got to support that. And you can't, the biggest, boldest visions need extra hands and feet. They do. Even five-year-olds can yes. help with that. Yes. So. Here's the funny thing, too. These organizations, let's take hers, for instance. She was doing like, like kingdom hard hard work and the last thing that she needs to do is rake her stinking yard for this this safe house there is no margin for that no and she doesn't have anything left at eight o'clock no. so that was really our hope that the things we couldn't do we cannot solve human trafficking issues in iowa that's right or in the u.s we can't um you know we can't stop homelessness we can't stop addiction we can't stop um one family we would come alongside multiple yep. times that had a 17 year old son who had a traumatic brain injury because of a botched surgery and their lives were completely utterly upended like they Hardcore. could not they could not clean their garage they could not that was so low on the list. So all of those problems are gigantic. And I think one of the most powerful things about Love Corps was letting our kids into things that are far too big for them. Yes. And saying to them, your job is not to fix. Your job is to partner. Your yeah. job is to be there. Your, your job is to give To encourage presence. that person who yes. is fighting a seriously big fight yep. encourage that person and those right. and the things that we did did encourage them Absolutely. you got to be the blessing of those like those people were f like overwhelmed with thanksgiving they were floored time after time and many of the folks we served or just partnered with mm -hmm. were so weary the weariness they wore it like oh, a cloak Kim. wow and so just even give them three hours and you know 40 people working their tails off get a lot done uh yeah do you want to know the, you want to know the real truth hours. of the story Tell me. i was wanting to like go hey i'm an impoverished pastor could you come to my house and do <laughs> no, your totally, work totally. like do you that do you not <laughs> think that those things did not come to my mind <laughs> to go could y'all could we just oh could we take gosh. this group to my house i mean no it was question. serious work yeah we did we it was amazing to me that it was, was like a locusts surprise. it was like locusts <laughs> we just, descended yeah. <laughs> like a plague no it really was surprising because yeah. i think when we started out I had some concerns about that because, again, our kids were so little. They were little. I thought, are we going to help? Are we going to make a mess? And they worked like crazy, shoulder yeah. to shoulder with all these people that they ended up loving so much. And so we did um, mass-producing meals for disaster areas around mm -hmm. the world. We did a homeless camp cleanup, which was rather, I mean, that was that a- That was an eye-opener. That was an eye-opener. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing. Lots of urine bottles. Yep. Lots of Needles. cleanup. Mm -hmm. Needles. We did that. Um, and then, you know, a little bit more on the on the less risky side, we did Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Totally. I tried to balance. The needle day uh, has gone down an in infamy in our home because Mark, my phenomenal husband, and this is something maybe to consider for our listeners. There are different giftings, as you know, even in your home. Yeah. So Mark approached this in a very different way than I did. And we have since come to understand that in our 
I mean, that this was actually a, a gift that he gave to me that mm-hmm. I was like spearheading this and so in it because there was some serious risk. He has a lower risk tolerance than I do. Yeah. Um, but we talked about things constantly and our families among this, the this families. This was a family mission. This was a family gig. Everybody was in. And so um, I, I think it was a really wonderful thing for our family to have to even talk about, well, how did you feel about that? And the, you and I talked about this off mic, that there was a debriefing. Yes. Af- on the way. On the way and after. And okay, what let's did you talk find with your kids? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one of the big values for us was it's super difficult to go, okay, human trafficking to my elementary and junior yeah. high, early junior high daughter. How do I even crack that egg and talk about Mm -hmm. that very difficult and so on the way there we opened up the idea of what human trafficking was we opened up the idea of what a somebody becoming pregnant as a teen and their family wasn't supporting them Mm -hmm. what is that and so we were able to like open up these concepts on the drive and then the people actually gave us like maybe a five minute overview of their ministry each Mm -hmm. time remember that yep Totally. And then on the drive home, we kind of bookended it one more time and talked about, like, do you realize how hard it would be? And I remember Mariah saying, so are their families okay that they got pregnant? No, sweetie. Like they got pregnant and they weren't, they probably didn't want to. They got pregnant and they didn't, weren't supposed to. So they're not supposed to do that. No, sweetie. So it's a lot of these conversations. And then, you know, our daughter, Hannah, so their families aren't helping them. No. Actually, it'd be really hard to be 14 years old, be pregnant, and your families are kind of like, we're done with you. Right. And so we got to, what about you on the, those conversations? Totally. I think we had two levels. The folks that were being served at the ministry or nonprofit and also the, the full-time boots on the ground folks. And we talked about both with our kids. So not only the, the young woman who's living at Ruth Harper, right. but also there are house parents yes. who have decided to live in this home mm-hmm. and they are counselors and providers and encouragers and they do not want they can't always vacuum <laughs> you know like yeah, they've it. got other fish to fry and yes. so they we you really we really didn't have to say a lot for the kids to pretty quickly catch that vision to catch the vision for why this was a value to yes. somebody else in the greater good and society at right. large that was not a hard sell right. That was actually very, like our kids got really behind that. The thing that was the, really, I'm telling you, was a big value is to, is to have, have a forced opportunity to talk about really hard things in society and to talk about homelessness and for them to go, whoa. I mean, all of a sudden you just like, you know, forced family fun where all of a sudden you sit down and go, okay, we're going to have this talk completely out of context. That's weird. Right. So this provided the context to talk about challenging things. And that had legs. So it wasn't just the Saturday. I mean, for this has been years, years yeah. that we have been able to return to Those the topics. idea of homelessness is not an idea. Remember John that you met? Right. <laughs> right? Like that's a very different conversation than altruistically knowing this is a hard thing right. and right, actually right, right. knowing someone who's struggling with or it. Or driving by a homeless camp mm-hmm. in your car at a distance and that has way depth of context for our kids. The lights turn on. For like, sure. And for uh, for me too. No question. I, mean, I I'd also never have done my a, blinders. Right. For sure. I had never cleaned out a homeless camp no. before this. Had no. you? I didn't even know that was a thing. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, I knew homelessness was a thing, but I didn't know that the city would ask every now and then for them to, to clear it out, pack up and make these and people give you move. 10 days. Yeah. yeah. I have since become much more involved with JAPA or homeless research or homeless resource mm-hmm. network. And that all started with that all started with Love Corps. Yeah. And so there's a lot of relationships that have carried on. Right. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So the how because somebody out there yeah. is like, okay, either <laughs> some children's pastor out there, some youth pastor or whatever, some outreach pastor is like, man, we should do this. Yes, you should. Um, it'd be great if you had a Kim, right? Nothing wrong with that. I think you have a Kim. I think I, you I have think a Kim. I think you there. don't have to look too hard. Yeah. But regardless, how did you go about doing this? Give us just a quick rundown on that. I mean, you had to search, call, what? Um, you know, if you're, if again, if you have your ear to the ground, there are so many people doing good things in your community. Already doing Already, good things. Already they have built the thing. You don't have to build the thing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. The wheel is there. You're just going to walk alongside. And so. Really we're clearing brush from the wheels. That's right. There's, I mean, yes, again, there's, they are weary and they might not come to you. Guaranteed. Most likely no. They're sure. just too busy. And so I just started paying attention. Mm-hmm. I started paying attention to ministries that my church already supported. I looked up United Way in Des Moines. I started just listening to folks. Usually one one pebble in that water will give you about eight ripples. That's because it. oftentimes the folks who are running these things know of 10 other things. Yes. So I just find them and I would cold there, call, there cold is email. A, there is a network. For sure. For there sure. Otherwise they can't do it. Yes. So I just started asking, I would call, I would email, and just, I had my one paragraph pitch of, this is who we are, we're nine families, we like to come alongside the good work that you're doing, is there something um, that you have that we might be able to be a good fit for? And most times they would, first of all, they would respond immediately (laughs) and would say, oh my gosh, you guys are unicorns. Yes, here's a list of 10 things that we would love. Does this fit for you? And And then you had to be discerning enough to go, okay, knowing our group, Totally. Could we accomplish this? And there's a learning curve, right? And really as right, there like was. to know who what was a better fit, you know, what's what's gonna really trip our trigger and be a good good value for the folks that we're serving. And then the other thing is as our kids got older, mm-hmm. we did not have forty five people every time because harder. people had things going on. They were in band, they were in show choir, they were So it was this on. unique, unique moment in time, Kim. Right. I mean, it I'm really having was. a moment now. That was a unique moment in time that can't be recaptured right. in the same way. Um, wow. Such a big deal. That was such a great season of our lives. Okay, so why? Why would we endeavor to do this, right? I mean, this is this did start in a sense because of some parenting stuff that Sarah and I had been doing. No question. And, and kind of highlighting what what things actually occur in the lives of those kids who no stay connected question. to Christ? We responded directly from you and Sarah. To, and I, I don't know if that was Red Card or in other conversations that we just, you, you were so good to press into what makes the difference. Why do so many kids leave the church and mm-hmm. the faith? What is it? But... Why do they stay? That was that was the prism shift. Yes. And I'm not a really panicky person to begin with. So if you would give me a talk about, you know, to try the ills, the ills and the hysteria, I probably will tune out. But I'm all ears. If you say, here's what we find when we ask 22 year olds, what 
was it that made mm-hmm. faith come alive to you? Why are you walking with Jesus when so many of your peers aren't? I am in for that conversation. Exactly. So that's what Sarah and I do literally around the country now. Yep, exactly. We did it at Valley Church yep. and was very fruitful. Yep. And so now we're not like, listen, if you do the search, it's going to be every blog, every video, every article, whatever is telling about the bad things, right. the why, the mm-hmm. scare you factors. And we're taking a different approach. I love it. What went right? I love it. And by the way, for those who are listening, um, there is a high positive correlation. This is not causation. Right. <laughs> this is not a lever to be pulled. They'll Don't be like, send me the letter. Right? Can everything? This is if I do these five things, everything's going to be okay. No, that's not true. It's correlation. Right. But one of those good things is kids who served with their families in ministry were far more likely to stay connected to Christ, eighteen to twenty nine. Mm. So if you served as a family, your kids didn't jettison the faith. Mm. Yeah, that's this a huge was, thing. That was part of our initial phone call. I mean, Mark said that out loud to all these families. We both said, "We, you know, we've listened <laughs> to yeah, Josh and like, Sarah. Uh, we've looked at the research, and here's the thing: you, we, you cannot at all, as you say, this is not a, a causation situation. But boy, you can influence. You can influence. And that's so, right. if we know, if we know that, how do we get our kids in positions where they are serving with other families in a way that's fun and engaging and mean something to them yes it's not a one-off if it's a one-off they they'll never remember that's it. not it it'll yeah. be a forced family fun that's exactly right so another factor um kids who had a significant relationship with a believing adult other than their mom and dad were far more likely to stay connected to christ 18 to 29 that was also a factor that's the humdinger in fact i am still we are this is going to be hard for me not to get super emotional talking about this because now we have three teenagers well honest 20 but i still call her a teenager and we are watching this harvest from praise love god Corps. for that it's harvest we planted seeds then in years ago we did love core i think seven or eight years and then the pandemic hit and it all got a little bit wonky and so but that there was a good long run before that and those were years of serving together saturdays together talking to each other it's the funniest thing i mean josh you and i've talked about this steve and i've talked about this how for some crazy reason when you are working physically Mm -hmm. moving your body together and raking a yard together i would watch these like 12 year old 13 year old boys just unloading their hearts to other dudes in the group and same with the women I could never have said to the 12 year old kid, Mm -hmm. I really think you should go to coffee with Steve Durick and tell him about your life. It would never happen. I don't, that's just not the math. The math was when you're together again, shoulder to shoulder in the trenches, something happens. It's a different kind of, you know, conversation and then a willingness to reconnect even on Sunday or outside sure. of that which was so fun when, it's like it's like it, you're, you're buddies, friends with them now which is hilarious because yeah. I remember Mitch who was real young at the time when we started he'd see you guys in the hallway and be like hey what's up and I think well, <laughs> you're six but he thought all of these people were, were his, his friends, friends which we were right and the funny thing is also I'll never forget um sliding in some encouragement to a young girl Mm. who was really struggling. And I just kind of, it just happened over and over and over that I would serve with that young girl. Mm. And we had lots of good conversations. And I remember her mom pulled me aside and she said, Hey, um, could you come do evening devotions every (laughs) night with my daughter? Cause she is listening to you. How about that? And, and those relationships 
still exist yeah. today. Yeah. We all know one another because of that. Mitch is on your couch. Mitch is on right. our couch. And it's not just Mitch. I mean, I've watched other, you know, now our, some of our kids have graduated. And when Lovecore families come up the driveway, oh, they're real. it's a different gig. It's like, a, it, 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 there's a different connection, a different profundity to those mm -hmm. relationships that I just don't know that you can get in another context. So serving creates relationships. And I want my kids to watch this. I'm they don't like me. Yeah. You know, they do like right. me, but they don't like Sometimes. me anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden when they can see another faith filled adult who loves God would say the same thing as me. No question. I'm less weird. <laughs> it's just it, it, it all it all adds it's up. It's so fun. Kayla was over at our house the other day yes. and we were chatting in the kitchen. That's my son. Yes. And we were giggling because, um, you know, I mean, well, we laughed hard about a lot of things. We were just having a good time. And there was a little ping in my brain of like, I could see Caleb when he was six yeah. and when he was eight and in sweatshirts and jeans and, you know, what <laughs> he's doing all this stuff on, on a Saturday. And I do wonder if part of the reason we get straight to the good stuff and we can laugh together right. is because of those moments when he was 10. <laughs> There's I no don't know question. if he would articulate that, but I do. I mean, maybe just for my comfort and level. These are just the seeds. Those are the seeds. Right. We're, we're literally bearing fruit right now. It's so fun to watch. <laughs> I had never thought about the fruit that we're mm. bearing right now. It took a long time. Can I talk? Can I say one Please, more thing about fruit? The, here's another. This is next level, which has been so fun. My daughter, Anna, is a sophomore in college. And I'm hearing in her... Your wife, Sarah, and I were just crying about this not too long ago <laughs> because I'm hearing from her, you know, peppered in her conversation. She's noticing that college is the spot where you're supposed to think about yourself all the time. And it becomes quite empty after a while. And not surprisingly, um, it's a little bit rough on your mental health if you're mm -hmm. thinking about yourself and only yourself all the time. So mm -hmm. she's in this little beautiful bubble that has its perks. But the, the downside is that she... She's not around people who aren't very much like her. I mean, most of them are the same age group. Mm -hmm. Very homogenous. Totally. And so she has started to, she's going off campus. She's helping out with these different endeavors. She's right. working at her church in these different ways and seeking these things out. I said not a word to her. And I know that that's because of Love Corps. Absolutely. She said it. She said, I've even thought, she told me last year, I think I'd like to... I'd like to form something like a college version of Love Corps. What do you think about that? And and I and like how fast did you have to put on your own personal brakes to besides jumping out of your skin, right? To be like, Bleh. you know, like, oh, wow, let me. That's a great, that's a great idea, yeah. honey. Here, let me mop my tears because again, the yeah. goal is not for us to create an organization. The goal is for your kids to steep their toes in the joy of doing yes. what Jesus has crafted them to do and be who they've crafted he's crafted them to be that's it so to hear that from your kid like that she's self-selecting forget it the self-selecting <laughs> yes and and so those that's fruit mm -hmm. that's fruit and you know to be truthful more goosebumps i'm a service addict mm -hmm. i love the lord i want to give i want to serve and i want other people to become a service addict and to find the joy and to feel the joy i want my kids to like live a life that is hungry for those things. That's and right. so she's seeking those out because she's seeing the devoid mm -hmm. and she's like, she's not filling with drugs. She's not filling with, mm -hmm. she's fine. Man, can I go serve? That really mm -hmm. fills me up. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, I would say there are some realities that we need to touch on briefly. Number one, every single Saturday, 
I did not want to go to Love Court. Right. I wanted to sit by myself <laughs> and drink coffee w- with coffee <laughs> and not. I was like, you know, Serby, like, okay, it's a Love Court morning. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, totally. I mean, I had that time 12 because I would organize and email all the people, all the things. And my own husband would not read the email because he was like, I live with you. I'm sure you're going to tell me. So like I had that same conversation of like, it's Friday. It's this Saturday. Everybody buckle down. It's going to happen. No one's going to want to get up. No kid did either. Did your kids? No. I mean, it took a little prodding. Took a little prodding. They, They all did it. There was nobody who was like seeking to opt out. No, never. But th- there was always resistance. Totally. Well, because your bed is warm and it's cold outside. That's right. That's anyway. right. Okay, but there was not the the flip side of that coin. There was never a Saturday that I did not walk away majorly blessed totally. and, and filled up. Which is such a lesson that really two and a half hours, three hours, not a lot. No. Like your whole weekend is different. Your whole month really is yeah, different. It is. I, I did read someplace pretty reliable source. It is better to give than to receive. <laughs> right. Um, my kids hate. We already said this. My kids hate doing yard work with me, yeah. but they were they were in it and working hard with their peers for somebody else. That's notable. Um, the organ, the organization of these projects, Kim, it was not. I know that it worked for you, mm-hmm. but it still it took effort. It just took some time. Right. And a little bit of persistence. I absolutely will tell you that every single time. Well, every time that I was smart. Before contacting an organization and like I would I would sit down every July and kind of map map out the year. Um, I the very first thing was absolutely to commit every step to prayer and to say, Jesus, you're the one who wants to help these people. Yeah. Mess in me. (laughs) Right. Like you gave me this um, desire to do this. You're going to have to you're going to have to make the guest list. You're going to have to make the the roster because I'm not going to be able to organize that. So when my posture was that, when I reminded myself over and over again, this isn't you, sis, you're not making anything happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then it was a lot easier. It, you know, there are certain roadblocks, right? So as families got busier, that was a significant one. Just knowing how many people we would have. Yeah. And um, having people like actually reply back to you yeah. and say, I'm going to be here, not be here. I bet you that was annoying. Sometimes that was frustrating. I didn't like being the follow up girl, but that's just part of the gig. And at, just as you said, Josh, the reason we kept going and the reason it was so such a beautiful thing is that it, really just getting people there was the thing. Like after we were there. Oh, my word. Easy. Everybody. The work was fun. The conversation was fun. It was. I never left Love Corps thinking, well, there's something else I could have done that was more worthwhile never, than that. Never, ever, ever. No. And the other thing, too, like, hello, do you know how much I would love to spend time with your husband, Mark, how, or Steve Durick, or right. Jeff Fadden? Yeah. That's like, the thing. I wanted to be with these exactly. people. And actually, that was part of the original pitch. Because Mark and I were talking about, okay, we know what the Denharts have said about how the best case scenario for really steeping your kids in a faith and and you know helping them to know Jesus on a personal level and building relationships and there was a third prong and that was we wanted to have friends <laughs> like we, <laughs> we wanted to get together with you all and we just did there was no way we could have nine dinners a month no right there was no and, and, way and that's, we could do and that's, that and that's also rather self-serving totally and so I think we and got, great and great. There's nothing wrong with it. I love to have been with all those people. Yeah. For sure. But this was community on beautiful, like silver lining, totally. unbe- uh, untouchable. No was, dinner could touch that. No, no. From a relational standpoint, the like the relational connections that happened as a result of that, again, goosebumps, no hope that a right. dinner could produce that. I love dinners. 
yeah. but boy, this this thing here was was it was on fire. Totally. So this was Love Corps, and I'm so grateful, Kim. God bless you. Thank you so much for making like I I can't I can't tell you how thankful I am that we got included and that our kids had those seeds. It was like seven or eight years. Yeah. We can't go back. But that happened. Oh, so it was so great. And how fun to be able to um, again, watch what's happening yeah. as our kids are growing and how they're still processing some of that For stuff. Sure. I've noticed that the way my children interact with some things at school, topics at school, just being in school, um, Love Corps comes up because they have a wider view of the world and of they their do. of their city than I think they would have if we had not done that together. And we did it together and I'm so grateful. Thank you for this conversation. Oh my gosh, such Super a joy. fun. Thanks for starting all the things and having great conversations to start with. That's what got us in trouble. Well, this is good. <laughs> well, gang, we're so grateful that you listened. Um, it is about serving. It is about giving back. And you, yes, you could be a volunteer for some other organization. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers Podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers.